Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All right, here we go. So I'm excited about this. This is an exciting I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. Got Utah Jazz, high-flying, three-point shooting, rookie sensation, Donovan Mitchell. I'm not sure, but I think this might be his first podcast. Uh, I can't confirm or deny that. For new listeners of the I Am Rappaport stereo podcast, this is Michael Rappaport. A.K.A. the Gringo Man Dingo, A.K.A. White Mike, A.K.A. Mr. White Folks. Um, and we pride ourselves on no fact-checking, okay? We pride ourselves on no fact-checking here at the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And this is going to be a doozy. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a household name. He's going to be uh, a, a, an NBA star soon. He's slowly emerging. He was uh, drafted under the radar. Uh, and he's made a splash organically, the organic way, the old-fashioned way, on his own accord, uh, by his own merit. His play is doing the talking, um, and, and his play is bringing him to the uh, forefront of uh, NBA fans' attention. Um, he's been uh, shouted out and talked about uh, by LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, Chris Paul. All of them are big fans of him, Russell Westbrook. Um, so we're going to talk about all that. And more with Donovan Mitchell. But first, listen, Christmas is over, ladies and gentlemen. It's over, okay? It was a great holiday. Um, you know, the presents, you gave them, you received them. Um, but it's time to take the tree down. It's time to take the lights down. Okay, my block in Los Angeles is heavily lit up by Christmas lights. And they were great. 
You know, six weeks ago, people started putting them up six weeks ago on my block. Okay? Uh, it's time to take them down. It's time to move forward. Okay? It's not, it's not, a, it's not a holiday anymore. There's no more balloons. There's no more streamers. It's just a Wednesday. Okay? Or maybe it's a Thursday. Okay? But the party's over. Take the trees out. Take the lights down. Take the candles down. And move on. It's time to move on. Okay, I can't emphasize this anymore, especially if you're a grown-up. Christmas is for the children. Okay, you give the gifts, you get the gifts, and that's it. It's not a month-long holiday. It's not a month-long celebration. So if you heard the um, final episode of the I Am Rapport Terrio podcast 2017, I said that the sporting event of the year... 2017, in my opinion, the sporting event that lived up to all the expectations. Super Bowl was sick. NBA Finals were sick. But the sporting event, you know, the money-making extravaganza circus that actually lived up to expectations to be a good fight. wasn't like the fight of the year, the fight of the century, Ali Frazier, was McGregor. Mayweather, or should I say Mayweather-McGregor, because the winner always goes first. The loser goes second, okay? The loser usually shuts up, okay? But for some reason, Conor McGregor, I think maybe he spent his $100 million that that he made. He may have spent all his money because now he's back to talking greasy about Floyd Mayweather. He just put out a tweet the other day with obviously a, a photoshopped image of him kicking Floyd Mayweather in the face, okay? Which is never going to happen, okay? Floyd Mayweather's not going to go in the UFC and fight Conor McGregor or any other UFC fighter. I'm not having this conversation anymore. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Michael Jordan was a a, a good baseball player, Okay? Hussein Bolt probably can't drive a car very fast, but he's the fastest man in the world. There's no correlation. It's ridiculous. Makes no sense. Conor McGregor got that butt beaten real nice. He got that ass cracked real nice, real proper. Yet you're still talking, and I think he's overspent his money. I think he has money problems. This is just my opinion, because why else would you still be talking about Floyd Mayweather. Move on with your life. Okay, and if you want to box somebody, box somebody your own age. Floyd Mayweather's 40. He's 40 years old. Leave the man alone. Conor McGregor's 29. Why are you bothering a 40-year-old guy who already beat your ass convincingly, easily? Did you spend all your money? Do you have a spending problem? He posted this picture of him, Photoshop picture of him kicking Floyd in the face, and it says, shin bone to cheekbone, the rule set kept you out of the funeral home. First of all, Duke, you're not rhyming. You don't have any rhyming skills, okay? You got no flow, okay? Second of all, Mayweather's fist bone punched you in your face bone And I'll say it once, and I'm going to say it one more time. You should be thanking your lucky stars that the referees didn't let you get knocked out of the ring. Completely 
knocked out of the ring. Okay? Because you were you were one more punch, fist bone to face bone, to getting knocked out of the Las Vegas ring. I was right there ringside. It was gorgeous. If you have a spending problem, I have a great accountant. Slide up into my DMs, Conor McGregor. Hit me up. I'll set you up with a great, honest accountant. He'll put you on an allowance. Maybe you need an allowance. Okay? A lot of times when people come into money, they don't know how to keep it. You know, your whole story or, oh, you're just an Irishman. I lived in my car. I was homeless. Maybe you don't know how to count. Who knows? I don't know. But if you want to fight somebody, fight somebody your own age and your own size. You're 25 pounds heavier than Floyd Mayweather. Leave this guy alone. Do you have CTE? Were you concussed in that fight and it's been undiagnosed? Why would you want to keep at it? Okay? Respect Floyd Mayweather's gangster. He beat your ass. Um, on the last podcast with G Moody, last name rhymes to duty, who will be back for the next podcast. Um, <clears throat> we misspoke. I, I, I thought somehow, some way, Marvin Lewis, the Cincinnati Bengals coach, was either retiring or quitting. I don't know what. He's a uh, obviously a very respected coach, very uh, respected uh, a person in football, but. His teams continually come up short. They've never won a playoff game, okay? He's been there like 36 years as the coach. Never won a playoff game. And I thought, I don't know what, well, maybe I made this up or I heard something, that he was done. He was finito. He was finished. And on the last podcast, we said, bye-bye. Okay, the, the gig is up. I was wrong. Marvin Lewis has been rehired for two more years as the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, although technically he sucks, okay? Now, you want to talk about some wild, wild west stuff going on in the NFL. Marvin Lewis is the head coach who just re-upped for two more years, but Colin Kaepernick can't even get a workout with a team. He can't forget forget a job. He didn't even get a workout all season long. Okay, I don't know what's going on in the NFL. We've all heard the Colin Kaepernick story over and over again. He didn't even get a workout, yet Marvin Lewis just got a two-year extension. He's probably out popping bottles, eating some Kobe beef and shrimp tonight. As we mentioned on the last I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, 2018, we're going big three. Three episodes a week. Tuesdays, ours. Wednesdays, ours. Fridays, ours. Okay? More podcast, more ranting, more raving, more raw dog without a bag. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All of 2018. So check this out. Isaiah Thomas of the Cleveland Cavaliers made his return. He looked good. I believe he played 19 minutes and had 16 points and got a technical foul in the first half. I like that. I like that. Kawhi Leonard is back. The NBA is rocking and rolling. This is my time. Okay? Of course, I'm a senior fantasy football expert, but everybody knows blood, sweat, tears. My intuition speaks NBA. This is my time of the year. In a blink, 
It's going to be all-star break, and then we get into the good stuff. Then we get into the really, really, really good stuff, okay? And I'm excited about it. Listen, with no further ado, I like to introduce who I hope is the NBA Rookie of the Year. Who knows? Very humble kid, very soft-spoken kid. But in my opinion, he should be a strong, strong contender for the NBA Rookie of the Year. Let's get to it with my man Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz. Let's go. All right, Donovan Mitchell, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. You might be the youngest guest I've ever had on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. 21 years old? 21. 21 years old, playing in the NBA. When did you turn 21? Uh, September 7th. So you got drafted, you were 20. That was 21, I got drafted. And you got drafted, what pick in the... In the in the, 13th. 13th pick. Mm-hmm. 20 years old and you're playing in the NBA, Utah Jazz. I mean, you just sort of like... Unless you follow basketball, like this draft and this summer league has been like nothing I've ever seen before because of the, the Lonzo ball factor and the, 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 the big baller brand factor. I never watched a, a summer league, and I promise this also, this is going to be the first ever curse-free I Am Rapport Stereo <laughs> podcast. You know, even up into the draft, it was, you know, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, you know, and your name was like... Barely mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people started playing. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you get on the court and you show and prove. Yeah, it's um, – I've always been that way, though. I've always been kind of, you know, the guy that no one talks about. You know, just, just keeps me humble. You know, it keeps me always wanting to willing to work and, and kind of put the work in. I enjoy being that guy. You know, I don't I – don't, need to be the guy that everybody talks about you know the one that's like the silent the silent killer you know um kind of like what Kevin Durant used to grow up saying you know the silent killer never really say much doesn't really go out there and kind of flashy just keep it simple so I mean I guess for you your impression of going through summer league is probably because in my opinion it was the most sort of attention on a summer league that's your impression it's like I mean were the, what were those games like down there um it felt a lot slower than college, you know, coming from Rick Pitino, where we're pressing every day and kind of going, just go, 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 and kind of helter-skelter, running everywhere. It felt slower. That's interesting. It felt simple and, and spaced out, and I think that's what allowed me to kind of get, I wouldn't say quickly, Justin, because obviously playing in the NBA is a lot different than summer league, but just getting used to the tempo of being able to play slower, I think that's what's helped me kind of be play slower in the NBA, realizing that, when I watch myself then, it's like I look slow, I look under control, and I think that's that's the pace I need to play at. And I think that was the biggest thing. It's a lot slower than having the press for 40 minutes straight and kind of just run around and, and play help side and, and recover and scramble defense. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So Rick Pitino, I mean, he's a basketball. He's one of these people like you know. Mm-hmm. Rick Pitino, like, you know, growing up before him, you, you know, I don't even you know this, you know, Dick Vitale. Mm-hmm. You know, like these basketball savants. You know, you get it from Van Gundy. What, what, what's the things you learned about basketball from Rick Pitino? Um, like always, specific details. I know the okay, game, Donovan. Yeah. You could talk the details of me. Okay, uh, I played for Riverside Church too. Okay, I was I was up there playing ball, so you could talk the details with me. I got you. Um, I don't want the broad strokes. I want the details. I always had. I always play with heart. You know, that was my biggest thing. But he 
brought the dog, like, you know, the dog out of me. I think that's the biggest thing. It's one thing to play with heart and it's one thing to play with dog. Like no one punks you, you know, no one, uh, no one gets the best. Like you always go out there and you, you play your ass off. So like, to be honest, like that was the first thing that I really learned. Like whether it's, whether you have 30 or you have zero, your opponent doesn't score more than 10 points. And I've always had a play hard mindset, but I think the, he, he brought out a different level because he knows how to push the right buttons. And that's, that's the biggest thing with him. He knows how to push the right buttons and kind of try to trigger things to kind of make you that much better. And I would say shooting, you know, I came in as a, ter- not, not a great shooter. Um, shot 18 to 72 from the three. Um, my, my freshman year shot 25% and I came out, came back sec- next year and he fixed one thing. It was just my arc on my jump shot. Rick, Rick for, pointed that out to you. Rick, that was the first thing he said. What does he say to you? He's watching he you it, shoot. He said it to me. He said it to Q. He said it to Dang. Um, Steven said it, he said it to everybody, but he, he, I think him and I had the most, the, the longest Who's talks Q? about it. Quinn Snyder. Okay. And talked to, we talked Nonstop, him and Ralph Willard, you know, Ralph Willard, we, we had so many conversations about it. And I would spend endless nights just shooting, like, to the ball where it's damn near touching the rafters. So know? they wanted the arc higher. Yeah. Because like, if you watch Steph, if you watch guys like Steph Curry, right. you know, Dame Lillard, they're shooting it from farther out. But that's because the shots are so high and the arc is so high. And I think that was the biggest thing that changed. Because once the, once the three ball started falling, that opened up the rest of my game, you know, being able to get to the paint. Finding guys, and that's what that's was. I would say that's the second thing that I learned uh, from from Coach P. And then defensively, um, I had to lose eighteen pounds. That's one thing people don't know. I had to lose eighteen pounds. I was two twenty, or no, a little bit more than eighteen pounds. I was two twenty, and I was around one ninety five, one ninety seven. My my sophomore year in college. That you know, that's interesting because again, I don't know if you know this 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 history. You probably heard about it. Billy Donovan, mm-hmm. his run with the Big East. Under Rick Pitino, he went from being a regular dude to, I mean, I think they went to the final eight, mm. but Billy Donovan bust everybody's ass. Yeah. He, I mean, I mean, it was, I mean, he was, he was never that quick, but he just, he, he had it going. And that's what he talked about. He, that was the big thing. Like he yeah. made him lose weight. Yeah. That, that he's big on that. He gives you a random number and you got to get to it or you don't play. And I got to it within three months, you know, whether it was running a lot on the weekends. I used to run on the football field when it was hottest out in the summer. Um, That's interesting. If I didn't lose the weight, I'd come in at 6 a.m. Um, and have to run. And so you and, and you just go out there and you, you it, it changed me. You know, it made me quicker. You know, I was a lot I was able to sustain my energy longer. So I went from playing around 19 minutes a game to about 35 and, you know, and I'm able to press, you know, maybe in different schools. I, I would have been able to play at other schools and other offenses at 220, you know, no right. problem because we're not pressing. But know, 20 pounds at, at 19 years old, mm-hmm. that's like a lot of weight. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's not like, I mean, like I, me, I'm 47 years old. 20 pounds, like, yeah, you should, I should lose 30 pounds. <laughs> like the first 15 is easy. Yeah. You're laughing like you say, I sh- you think I should lose 30 pounds? <laughs> well, I, think you, I think Fine, I'm just saying, but you, you kind of nodded your head in agreement. But, 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 but 20 pounds when you're 19 and you're in shape, or you're a high-level athlete. Yeah. It's, it, it was the, I would say that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. Um, was it diet? Was it diet? It was strictly diet. What, so so was, what are the things you had to, like? Pizza. Like, I used to have, before every practice, I used to have a whole large pizza from Papa John's. Before? Before, about two hours before practice. And that was the biggest change. Uh, no late night candies after nine, or um, no steak every day. Oh. You no, know, no, 
um, no McDonald's. Oh. Like, I can't tell you the last time I even had McDonald's now, let alone in, in, in school. Um, I'll have it. Unless McDonald's, unless we're doing a sponsorship, yeah, Donovan the, Mitchell, exactly. like, yo, rookie no. of the year. Yeah, Yo, exactly. we're saying, so we're no disrespect exactly. to McDonald's. No, just saying, like, just when we were at in in Louisville. In Louisville. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, no disrespect at all. But, um, yeah, the change in, change in diet was the, was the biggest thing. And, you know, you asked So what did, what did you start eating that, like, what, what did you have to sort of adjust? Salad. Instead of McDonald's, instead of pizza, what things? Salad. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I hated it. It's 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 tough. And salads in Louisville. No disrespect to Louisville, the great people of Louisville, but like salads. I Caesar salad, and that's the oh. worst salad of them all. That's what I keep finding out. Like that's the worst. That's the most. You know, I got to tell you salad. something. Salad Caesar salad's probably the best salad of them all. Oh, it tastes the best for sure, but I, don't, I think it's the unhealthiest. That's what I've been told. Oh, so you so Caesar, you were eating Caesar salads. Yes. So right, Caesar's the most unhealthy. But it's a salad, so right? It's better, so at least it's better than better like, than Papa John's pizza. Exactly. So that was in your freshman year, or just going into my sophomore year. So okay, so, so June, you, July, and August. And have September. you kept that lifestyle since? Yes. Um, I came. I would say the first few games of the season, um, I, I went to Ruth Chris pretty much every night, just because of my favorite spot. Listen, so like, you're not? a professional basketball like, player. You're 21 years old. You, you, you go, you, so you're going to Ruth Chris and like, what are we getting? Like, it's like the, porterhouse. The T-bone steak with the sweet potato casserole and the Caesar salad. Same thing every time. Same In thing. every city? Uh, every city. Everywhere we went. And, and did you notice that that was catching up with you? I was like, you know what? Like, I didn't feel like myself. And, you know, I didn't, I played terribly the first few games of the season. I wasn't playing like myself and I cut it out. You know, we lost. Now I'm around like 211. It's only because I'm lifting a lot of weights now, or not. A lot and also, of you're, I'm you're 21. But yeah. Are you even shaving yet? Of course. Like a little bit. Like a, I've you, had this since I was like, I've been growing this for about. You got the little years. goatee, but can you grow yeah. a stash? No. Can, like the goatee, can it connect to the mustache? It, it does. It does if I don't touch it. But I don't. But like, like with a sharpie, like you have to like pencil <laughs> something in. Like what do we got to do? Uh, it, it looks maybe about like if I don't shave for like a, three months, it'll it'll grow. In. Okay. But so like, so you so I'm I saying I could grow a goatee. I'm full. This is like. Nick, I've seen a couple hours. I got a whole thing. <laughs> so you're two eleven now, and you're comfortable yeah, with I that. Feel, I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm able to. I think the biggest thing was on defense. You know, being able to guard quicker guards because shifting from the point guard spot. I think that's the biggest thing. Because I went from guarding um, like guys like Grayson Allen, who was my height, a little bit taller. You know, guarding Grayson Allen, um, like Bruce Bruce Brown. You know, guys who are six five, six six, who I could keep up with physically. And then I went from that to guarding, like, my freshman year, I had to guard Derek Thornton. I don't know if you know who that is from USC. Uh-huh. The fastest dude, Cat Barber. Uh-huh. So guys who were just so quick, and they kept just going right by me with no with no problem. So now it was kind of like, all right, I need to switch it up a little bit. Now I need to be able to sustain guarding the taller guards and then being able to guard the quicker, smaller guards as well. This kid, Grayson Allen, I mean, he, he's like such – he's a perfect Duke mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he brought the like the hate back to Duke, yeah. and it was actually like the first player that I actually liked as far as like a fan because I was like yeah. he was hated so much I was like I like him. Exactly. So what what is he like? Is he gonna is he pro level? What do you I, think? I think if you have the whole entire college basketball fan base against you, and you go out every night and score twenty, like every time we've played, he scored twenty plus. And at Louisville, I remember the last time we played, I even commented and said that. Like that, what we did was too much as a fan base. Like kind of booing him all the time. Like he's he's twenty two, twenty whatever, and it's all for tripping. Like you know, what I mean, it's not like he did something crazy. You know, he just tripped somebody. You know? Right. But I think, um, yeah, his emotions get carried away. But if he's doing all that and 
having all this media attention and all that, and he's still going out there getting buckets, then he earned my respect just off of that. He, he could play. He can definitely play. So, so the games at Louisville, uh, um, you know, the games versus Duke playing, you played at Duke? I played at Duke, yes, my freshman year. So out of all the – Ingram, and that was Ingram, Grayson Allen, Luke Kennard. How nuts is it playing in that arena? I'm going to tell you something that might blow your mind. Give it to me. It's not the craziest place that I've ever played. Did, but those people, are they touching you when close. they're doing? They're close. They're close. They're not. They, they're very clear not to touch you. I'm gonna give a shout out to Grand Canyon University, the craziest place. Which can't? Which Grand it? Canyon University. Grand Canyon University in, in Phoenix, Arizona, the craziest place I've ever played in my entire. Why? Um, so the one thing I was impressed with was the dancers have their own little dance on the stairs, and they do like the little hand motions and a little leg. And every student, every single student knew exactly what to do. On, on beat. And I went back and watched the film and watched it. And Not for the game. No, just to watch the crowd again. They got it on beat. The way they came out, they came out to Eminem's Won't Back Down by Pink. Like, they, it was the craziest game ever. Did you guys beat them? We won by five or seven. Did the crowd really have a factor? Yes, 110. Because I never even heard of Grand Canyon kid, University. Dwayne Russell, who I'm actually cool with now, he put up 42. Okay. And he could hoop. He could hoop, too. But that crowd was... Yeah, <laughs> that, that beats Michigan State, beats at Kentucky, beats what else we played at Miami when it was crazy, at, at Pitt when it was crazy. Like it beats at Syracuse, it doesn't matter. At Carolina, when when, when Louisville basketball comes into town, the the, the yeah, it, there's a, there's a yeah. you feel it right. It's we I I kind of put us in like a Duke because no one likes Coach P. Right. So like I kind of put it like that. Like no one. So we always get booed and, and yelled at and I love and traditionally it. I it's it. like. I loved it. So when so did you grow up in New York City? I grew up right outside of New York City. And but and like New York City basketball, mm-hmm. you know, the days of like us like being everything, the Mark Jackson, Rod Strickland, the N one mixtapes, you know, the the Boo Harveys, the you know, the the whole, you know, Rucker. It it it's not the same. It's not. It, it's like we not. don't we don't have it like we used to. No, and I think it's a lot of pre- to do with prep school. Prep school is a big thing now because I went to prep school as well. And if you look at a lot of guys, you know, um, they go from, like, a lot of guys from the Westchester area, especially, they go to a prep school because they want to play against older competition. So if I'm 18 and I'm playing against a 20-year-old, 21 years old in high school, a college coach is going to take that and be like, wow, he's doing this in high school. What is he going to do when he plays against a 22-year-old redshirt or 25-year-old redshirt senior who's in his six-year college, you know? Right. So college coaches kind of take that and kind of look at it. And the basketball in my opinion, it's gotten, it's gotten a little bit better in, in prep schools, much, much better. You know, I, I, Brewster Academy, where I went to school. Where is that? In New Hampshire. Okay. So, like, we have Chris McCullough went there. Right. Uh, Mitch McGarry, Will Barton. Right. Um, we have a lot of guys that went there. And I it's kind of like a, um, what's the one down south? Montverde or Oak Hill? Oak Hill. It's like an yeah, Oak Hill exactly. North, right? But we have postgrad. So, Oak Hill doesn't have postgrad. That's the only difference with Brewster. So, what does that mean, postgrad? Postgrad means you have, you graduated and you do one more year of high school. So, it's like. To uh, get you ready for college. Exactly. So okay. that's, that's why I say like the prep school basketball, the one that, that, uh, that I played in with the postgrads is a lot tougher because I came in as a 17-year-old playing against uh, Chris and Jared Terrell, who were 22, and 20, no, 22, shoot, 20, 20, 21 right. at that time. These dudes are pushing the limit of how many years you could stay in this school. Exactly, and it's, it's, nothing, it's not like they did anything like illegal or anything, right. it's just you're allowed to do a postgrad year. Yeah. So now I'm going against guys. I'm small or small for, for, my, for, uh, for that team, and I'm coming there guarding against guys who are 
220, huge, right. you know, going out there. And, you know, Jalen Adams, who goes to UConn, Justin right. Simon, we had so many good players come out of that program who are going to do big things. And what about, like, is, because I told you, I played for Riverside Church. This is, eight, this mm-hmm. is, you know, and it was everything. Like, what is Riverside Church and the Gauchos and, like, the, you know, the, the AAU teams in New York City? Are they, are they dope? Are they not dope? Is it all LA? Is it Vegas? Uh, or is it just not the I same thing? I don't think it's the team so much anymore. I think it's, where you play. I mean, I think when I say that, I mean, like, if you play in, the, in a, I don't know the tournaments anymore. That's how I feel like I'm getting out of it. But, like, if you play in Peach Jam, like, Peach Jam is big. Uh-huh. Um, the Players was always a big team. The New Jersey Players. Uh, Lightning is always a big one. Scan. Um, these are not in the city? These are all in the city. Oh, okay. Uh, players is in New Jersey. Scan and Lightning. Lightning's in Long Island. Um, okay. Scan is in Queens, I believe. And, or the Bronx, something like that. But there's so many teams out of New York that play there, but that have like Thomas Bryant played for Scan, Chris McCullough played for Scan, um, Tyus Battle from okay. Syracuse played for Scan. Um, who else played on players? <laughs> Kyle Anderson played on players. I'm trying to think. So, yeah. so it's still the same. It's just it's, changed. It's, there are more. There's still dudes that could play. The Carolinas uh, are doing pretty well with AU basketball right now. I, I was give them the, the nod. The Carolinas are doing doing real well. Okay. Uh, as, as I've gotten older, it's been the Carolina down south that's pretty much taken over a lot, and that's hard for me to admit being from New York. But down south, there's a lot of a lot of guys now. And what about the Rucker? Is is it? Did you ever play in the Rucker? I did. I did. When you were how old? I played in there a few times. I played the last time I played in there. I played in the Reebok All Star game, and Shaq was my coach. That's dope. Going against Cameron. That's that's cr- wait, Cameron the rapper? Yeah. Like and he was the he was the opposing head coach. Oh, okay, he wasn't playing because no, no, he no, used no, to be no. able to play. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't playing against him. It was me, Dwayne Bacon, okay, Corey Sanders, Admon Gilder. There were so many different guys. But okay, me and Dwayne are the only ones that are in the NBA right now. I believe, okay, I believe Derek Jones was in it too. Okay, but yeah, we played against what would be the New York team. I got now. you. All right, so so you get drafted number thirteen. Talk to me about the the, the NBA draft and how that happens and like. It wasn't like you were like lighting it up, like you were, like you were going to go second round. Like, what was the process of you going, and and how much does Patino? How much do you involve your parents? What's the process of like a guy who's not like a star, 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 going into the NBA draft? Um, you know, it starts with um, I didn't think this was any going to happen. Like, I wasn't planning on leaving until, or like even thinking about leaving until. The end of my, like maybe the last game of the season, like it wasn't a thought. Like I had heard of NBA news, you know, and all that stuff, but I had heard so many times that the guys let the NBA noise kind of affect their college game. So I, you know, I just kind of the only time I would hear about the NBA is if my mom would uh would bring it up and be like, "Do you see what this person put? Do you see where you are now in the mock draft?" You know, like that stuff. But I would I wouldn't listen to it. And I tell the story all the time. I went to LA uh, workout. And I paid for my flight, paid for my hotel, paid for paid to train, paid to work out and see if I was ready. And, and work out with who? Uh, Don McLean. The trainer dude? Yeah. Okay. Don McLean. And it was me, Luke Kennard, John Collins, Jordan Bell. And they had already signed. They had already signed with CAA, was the agency. And they were going to come out? Yeah, they were coming out. So I had to pay for everything. So in order because to keep, so you don't lose your eligibility. Exactly. So my room, my dorm room was still had my stuff in it like I didn't I didn't know what to expect and I worked out there for 
four or five days, and then I worked out with CP and Paul George, as well as the guys I just named. So, so when they, you're working out with them, what is that like? Had, had, like, are I, you like, I'm yo? In awe. I, I I remember the first time I played CP, he scored on Luke and I the first game of five from the elbow without dribbling. So the time. game is he just gets a pass and then we got to guard him and he didn't dribble. He could have, but he didn't. Okay. And he scored five times in a row, and that's when I was like, like I don't know if I'm ready. He's jab stepping. Like, what like is he jab doing? Jab stepping. Like, he doesn't have a shot pocket. That's one thing. Like in one on one games, he can shoot it from left side, right side. Doesn't matter. He's worked on shooting it from all different sides. So like when you see him, you notice that right away. That's what he told me. And now I noticed that once he said it, I'm watching him. And I'm like, he's not shooting it from the same spot every time. Okay, hold on. Had you ever played against other pros yet? At that point, yes. In your life. No. Like that are actually in the pros, like No. You never played against pros at that point. Not that I can remember, no. Okay, so you go out there to work out. You're not even you're you fly yourself out there. You flew coach? Yep. Or did you get some miles boosted? Flew coach. Flew coach. Flew coach. We're talking like do we fly Jet Blue? <laughs> Who we, do we talk? Uh, like, Delta. Love Delta. 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 Shout out to Delta Delta. Delta McDonald's. Listen, <laughs> I, I know you're CAA, but I might be getting you more deals at CAA. So we might be signing with Delta and McDonald's. So you, you fly out there, coach. You work out. So you Chris Paul, do you know he's gonna be there, Chris Paul? Uh, I knew he, I didn't know he was gonna be working out. They had a they had a the CAA had I had a meeting because you know we meet with the agencies. Right. And, and that's me, allowed. Yeah. They told me that like these guys come and train, but you know, you don't listen to agents like our right, And who knows if they're gonna show exactly. up. Exactly. And he came. It was were you bugging out? I was freaked. I was like, like, what is happening? Like, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, I've never, like, ever expected any of this to happen. Like, to be able to see, like, Chris Paul in person, let alone play, let alone form a relationship with him, you know? And I think once I started doing a well, and I think it was a game with him, Paul George, Corey Maggette, and Julius Randle, and we were playing three-on-three in the half court, and I did really well that day. So it's, well, so what are the teams, if you can remember? You have to remember. Don't give me that. I don't remember. <laughs> it was just a few months ago. If, if let me tell, who, 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 what are the teams, man? You uh, have to remember the teams. You just named us. You, Corey Maggette, who was my guy in the big three. You probably saw me in the yeah. big three. I was the Howard Cosell of big three. Okay, before you got injured. So it's you, Corey Maggette, Paul George, Chris Paul. Who's the other one? And Julius Randle. Julius Randle. And then me, Luke, John, and okay. Uh, and so the teams what, what, were split up. So oh, so are there the, the, are the it changes? There wasn't like us against them. Okay, no, okay. So and they're moving the teams yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Chris Paul was killing us in pick and roll. Him and PG were just finding a way. I don't know. I don't know how. And I was like, like it's just just killing. And, and you, but you're playing basketball. Now, you're now, guarding yeah, him. Yeah. And now, so I'm you're like, like, yo, I'm shutting you down yeah. in your head. I'm mentally, yeah, I'm like that. And I wasn't doing anything on defense. But offensively, I don't think I missed that day at all. And if Are you, you ask, if you ask hoop, Ty about that, like, I didn't miss. I, sh- I think I made nine threes in a row. And while that's happening, are you in the groove? Or is there a party like, yo, I'm playing with – like, is there ever a party like – I'm just like, F it, I'm not losing. Like, like that's just how I get sometimes, like, especially when – Because you're so mild-mannered. You're, like, yeah. so chill. Yeah, well, but when I see you when you play – you're you're not chill, yeah, yeah, but I mean you're losing, super chill. Yeah, when we start, losing, you might be the youngest like, and the most chill person to ever be on this podcast. When we uh, when, when losing is involved, like it's it's the worst. Like I, I I get that from like when we played at Louisville. Like if we lost, we ran a lot, and I hate running. So it was like, look, we're not losing this game. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna run Monday through Thursday and play on Friday. Like the I. So that's the fourth so, thing from Coach yeah, P. That's that's another thing that I, I developed. And I had it before, but like I said, he 
heightened it. He sharpened it, if that makes sense. Okay, well, before we hear about this three-on-three, three, I just want to write this down. Uh, if you lost, well, what kind of running do you got to do? Like, what would be like, oh, we're doing, <laughs> are we doing, are we doing suicides? No, it was all within we're, practice. Like, miles? It was, it was within practice. So we would have a long, so like we lost to Virginia. I tell the story all the time. We lost to Virginia, and I played terribly. It was the only game in my life where I gave up, or I gave up, and I can admit that. I gave up. We were down 25, getting booed, and I was like, you know what, whatever. Like, I've never been in Virginia either. I keep that in mind. It's my time in college. So I'm like, you know what, like, whatever, that's it. And we watched the film. And we get into individuals, and we do a lap, and um, he's just like, you know what? Just go on the treadmill. So I run the treadmill. Uh, he tells I, you specifically. I mean, Dang and I, yeah. We, we had our worst game ever at Louisville. And we ran the treadmill. This is the individuals in the morning. So this is about 10 o'clock. Then um, Now they're telling you, are, is someone monitoring you on the treadmill? Yeah, so we have it's not like me strength. at Equinox. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, five minutes here. No, 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 get no, some no. water. We're going like. Nine, ten miles an hour. Right. For ten minutes. Yeah. And so there's a coach there or yeah. an assistant or somebody. To make sure we're doing that. And then we'll well Coach G always looks out. He looks out for us. So like Who's Coach G? Coach G is a strength coach. So like if he sees we're about to like fall, like he'll slow it down. Um Right, as they should. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. As they it's, should. It's not like it's not like don't make don't get me wrong, this is not hell. Like I love playing there. Like, right. I, I do no, it. but it's tough. It's game. basketball. It's, it's, it's hard. Like it's it's, it's not. It's not. I got a given, it. I know? got it. Yeah, you know. We, we don't have worry. reputation for lip, for winning at Louisville. We don't. I got we don't you. Give up. That's not. That's I got not you. A thing. So then we after that we finished individuals about forty five minutes. A lot of one on one on one. He has this game called knockout. It's what is it? Give me the details, Donovan. Like I know the game. It's one on one where you you if you score you get a pass from the coach on each side and you play, and if you miss the guy. You walk off, and the guy runs all the way, dribbles the half court to allow the guy to come from the baseline to play defense, and you go back at him. So now if you score like five, six times in a row, you're gassed, but they have all the energy, the people on the baseline. So when we were dang it out, we were scoring, but like we were gassed. So then uh, I think it was VJ individual, like they all have energy. That's ready. interesting. So like he's always trying to get you to play against so, a fresher player. So it's almost like the offensive player in that drill is at a disadvantage. After right. if he scores a lot, if he so you're scoring. being punished for scoring. Yeah, but it's 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 genius. I, it's a, it's it's genius. A, right, it is. Like if you if you can score. What's now, the name of this game? Do, it's called. It's just called knockout. Did he invent this? I would believe so. Okay, he invented a lot of stuff we did, and it all. When I look back at it, I'm like, like wow, like I can see, like if you can score, and if you can keep scoring, and you're dead tired, then like. I can only imagine when the other person's tired because they're going to be tired when we press. Right. You know what I mean? They're going to be exhausted. So that's when you start scoring. That's dope. So we did that. And then we had practice, which was three and a half hours. Jesus Christ. And so that was, that was the worst week I've ever had at Louisville after I gave up. Like I gave up in the game and I've never done that since. And I really just switched. So is that something you'll never forget that game? Never. I'll never forget and, that. And the practices? Never forget it. All right. So these three on threes. Uh, you were just saying you were destroying Chris Paul. You were killing no, no, Paul George. You said it. It's on the tape. You said uh, you were Paul George was like a, a Cheerio. <laughs> Eat him. And spin around. It's on the tape. All right. So what? What else? Like what else do you remember from that thing? Because I, I could imagine as a basketball player, as someone who's looking to play pro, like how exciting and how thrilling that is. And then you're showing up, you know, with them at that level. And obviously for them, it's just a workout. They probably yeah. don't even know who you are. Yeah. And. I when my agent Ty was telling me he was like, look, look, you did really well. Like again, like I've I was always told like agents say you know supposed to keep you hyped up. And I hadn't signed yet, so I'm thinking he's just telling me what I want to hear. So then I'll, I'll sign. Like I'm like, all right, cool. 
I'm not going to listen to you, but I'll listen to you. And then I tell them this all the time. Like, there was a point, like, like, the first week I didn't listen to anything else that I just listened to everybody else because they, like, what did Chris Paul have to lose by telling me I was going to make a team? I'd be like, I'd have to see him, like, four times a year. And, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so, <laughs> right. like, bro, you were wrong, you know? So, like, right. He, he, once he said it and PG were like, look, like, you can do some really big things, you know, that's from my confidence. They said did, that from that workout? It was, like, a, a few workouts after that, yeah. And, um, Who else came? Did anybody, any of the pros come? PG, CP, Julius. Um, no, I think that was, I think that was those were the only ones okay. that came for that for that for pre draft. All right, so draft playing yeah. in the NBA. So you're just go out to work out, but do you walk away from these workouts with a change with in the your team comp- workouts? No, from these workouts with I'm Paul George yeah, and those- changed everything. I didn't. In think- your head, are you like like who are you talking about this with? Besides your like like are you telling your parents like your best friend like your sister? Are you like yo? Like, who are you saying? Like, not talking crap, but like, yo, I was out there playing with these guys. My best friend, Eric, probably Pascal. He plays on Villanova. And you're telling him what? Like, bro, like, I, I think I might do this. Like, I think it might be it. You know, I, I had. Like, and is he like, is he like asking thing, you the questions like you? Yeah. Like, what, what, what kind of kicks was Paul George wearing? Exactly. Yeah. What kind of kicks was he wearing? He had his new PGs before they came out. I so, this. like, I, I actually got a, um, a few, a few pairs of those too. Once I signed with CA, he said, to try it because I didn't sign with a shoe company yet. So I was like trying to try them on to see if I want to go with Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Jordan. And the biggest thing with me is I'm superstitious. I play baseball, so you know that. So like I didn't want to talk about it. So I didn't want to talk about it to anybody. So like I didn't want to say, look, bro, I'm doing well. I would kind of hide it. I'd be like, bro, I'm doing all right. Like, you know, I'm doing okay. I didn't want to say nothing about it because I thought, one, I thought like this isn't going to keep happening. I had a good day. Now I'm like, all right, I'm having a good week. Like, I'm having a good month. You know, now I'm like, all right, maybe I am all right, like pretty good. So like I never gave myself, and I still never do, I never give myself the benefit. No, that. I could imagine. I mean, it's, it's, it has to be a surreal feeling, yeah. like, you know, when that moment happens where you're, yeah. you know, it's one thing to play in Rucker, it's another mm-hmm. thing to play in college, another thing to play Canyon State, what's with these lunatics? Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon or Virginia, whatever. <laughs> and then it's another thing to be out there with these guys. Yeah, and like from after, after that and then doing the team workouts, and I did pretty well, and I, I'm – I'm not sure if I'm getting drafted. Like, you know, like no one teams give me a guarantee. And I told my agent, like, if they tell you they drafted me, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to know. Um, I don't care if it's the for the 60th pick or the first pick. I don't want to hear it because as much as guys say it won't affect them, like, you know, subconsciously you'd be like, oh, I don't need this one. I got one. You know what I mean? Right. So, so you show up to the draft? At or- this point, when I got to the draft, I, I was like, all right, I'm getting drafted. Like, did you that. start working out for teams? I worked out for 14, 15 teams. 15 teams. Mm-hmm. In a month. Okay. What was the most bugged out thing? Did you work out for the Knicks? Was Phil Jackson out there? For the Knicks. Was Phil he Jackson awake? Was there. What I do you worked got out with me? Phil right before the I worked out with them right before the um the day before the draft. Okay. That was my last workout. So out of your pre-draft workouts, what are the three coolest, weirdest, surrealest things? I grew up a big LeBron fan. So when yeah, I no walk crap. into the heat. Um, locker room. I watch all the documentaries and all that. So when I walked into the Heat locker room, I saw like so I envisioned like and people gonna think I'm weird for saying. No, that. I got when you. Dwayne, when they won the first one, Dwayne was like, "This is about to go down." Like running down the hallway. You you and saw where I that saw where that was happening. You went and, was, and you walked. So I walked and I was like, "Oh, like whoa, like this is this is crazy." That was probably the bit, the craziest thing when I walked into the Heat and I saw Pat Riley. That was crazy. And does he say hello to you? Uh, we had we had a talk after the pre, the pre draft meeting. You and Pat Riley. Yeah. He Did he watch, watch you he work out? It. That was my worst workout. 
Will you miss shots? Or slower? I got my ass busted, to be honest with you. By a guy named, I give him credit. Um, people don't like that I do this. I give people credit. But Gian Clavel, he plays on the uh, Mavericks. Okay. And I give him credit. Like, he just killed me. So you guys are like doing like one on one drills, one two on two, three on three. He's just not. He's just not missing right at all. And it was just a bad workout for me. I told Ty, I was like, "Look, this is this is killing me. Like, I don't know. Like, this, it's a rigorous process. Like, it's it's a blessing. And, and don't don't get me wrong, but it's a lot to fly from city to city, work out, fly. It's like NBA schedule, right? You no, know, but um, yeah, but I'm it's not, a little bit even more. Exactly. There's no it's, it's there's no month. rest. It's in a month, so you you got to be able to gauge the rest, and you got to be able to get to training on your own. You got to know. And I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing. I never I got stretched. You. I never, I never used to do any of that. I got you. So then, uh, that so was, what was the conversation with Pat Riley like? Just he asked me, you know, like, why am I a good fit? You know, what he do I asked say? you. Yeah. He says, why are you a good fit? Just to hear to hear my answer. Are you so, in an office? Are we? It was me, him, Eric Spolstra, um, and two. I think. I don't want to get these guys' names wrong. No, no, they're just like, two, two other, other flunkies. Yeah. We'll call them flunkies. I'm going to call them flunkies for you. It's you, Eric Spolstra, and two flunkies. Not and Bob McAdoo. No. Okay. Not Bob McAdoo. Okay. Okay. So, so, but are you in the office? Are there championship rings? Yeah. Are like the trophies so like around? The, the poster LeBron celebrating is behind me. So, like, I'm still in awe for that. But I'm like, I got to keep my composure and answer right because I'm, I'm trying to get drafted. Right. You know? So. He's asking me why am I a good fit, and I, and I said, like, look, this is, this, I've been watching you guys, so I could tell you about your game against, in the, in the win streak, where you almost lost to Orlando, and after that, LeBron was like, we're not worried about the uh, the win streak, but I know damn well you guys are worried about the win streak. You know, I could tell him You're everything. telling him that? Yeah, I'm telling him, like, I tell him, like, everything that I remember, because I grew up watching it, so, like, I knew it. Like, I was a, I was a fanatic, and I was really, like, a passionate fan, so I could tell you uh, like when Ray Allen hit the shot, like they were freaking out. And Mickey Aronson said that like um, they brought the yellow rope out or whatever, right. and they were freaking out over that. Right. And then Ray Allen hit the shot, and it changed everything. So right. I could tell. I could just say that just because I saw it. And I got I, you. And I was telling them all that, and they were like, like whoa. I'm like, yeah, like. So they, when, so when, when they're saying good fit there, they're saying for the Miami Heat, not for that specific team that they have going into 2017? Uh, for the – to, for I don't I think they want like some teams will ask you to be like who is our point guard or who is this so to see if you know right do your homework but they were asking me like why would I be good in the, work well in the Heat the Miami I, Heat yeah. organization I said you look at a guy like Norris Cole who no one really knew came I in got you. and did work you know and worked his butt off and he ended up having eighteen in a big playoff game I got you I got Stuff you like that you know and then what was the other uh, workout meeting that was like cool like that interesting Utah. that stuck Utah. <laughs> yes. Come on, this, the Utah Jazz. Utah. That okay, was. So, I was ranked. I would always why I would put Miami. The only reason why I put Miami. We didn't first. put it first. We just asked for cool I, stories. I said yeah. Pat, what happened was I said Phil Jackson, and then it, the correlation between Phil and Pat. I just only because I was a LeBron fan. Like the, gotcha. That's, that's, You're allowed that's to the be. Biggest thing, but not no more. You, yeah, not not at all. Okay. Um, Utah was was crazy because. I knew nothing about it. You know, all these teams, you know, I knew nothing about Utah. Um, I came in there, and I'm not a big sightseer person, and I was crazy about the mountains. That's the oh, biggest that's cool. I was crazy about it. Like, I was like, from my hotel room, I could see all of it. I FaceTimed almost everybody in my contact list to show them what I was looking at. Um, and when we had the meeting, like, they, like Mr. Lindsay was, like, real, real cool. Like, he was just like, look, like, they had the 24th pick at the time. So no one, first of all, people were wondering why I came to work out for them because they thought, I was projected to go higher, like in the teens and up. 
Right. She's like, why? Like, people had no idea why I was working out for them. I'm like, look, I'm going to work out for every team because it's not a given. Like, you right. Know, you never know what can happen. And they, they obviously they traded up. But I'm like, look, like, I love the coaching staff. They were running, we were running plays, you know, playing like little games within the game. And it was, it was awesome. Like, and I just loved the conversations we had. Like, you just felt a genuine bond with the, with the staff. And if you could feel that with the, with the GM and the guy who like makes the decision, you right? Know, you feel confident. You know, That's you feel cool. Good. And uh, I left that meeting thinking, all right, if I don't go where I'm supposed to be able to go, at least I think I'll go 24. You know, I'll go to, go to the Utah Jazz because I feel like I had a great workout and I didn't miss a shot in that one either. That was that was a big one. You're just on, just on. That was my first workout, my first pre-draft workout ever, and I just felt like I was. This is before the renovations and new practice facilities. So like this, they were telling me about all the new stuff and everything, and I was like, you know, this this might be cool. Like I would I would love to be here. And I said in the interview, and and That's people cool. people were like kind of like like who is this guy that like because no one like no one like to keep they've always everybody said like no one says like, I just love Utah like I love it like I I love it I hear you it's it's, the, it's amazing out there and for for that to happen for them to get up into 13 it was it was kind of a blessing are you impressed one of the things I went to a Utah Jazz game last year are you impressed with the DJ in you the home DJ at the Utah Jazz because yeah. they get busy like the little music cues mm. it's all New York 90s hip hop, mm-hmm. and I, I remember when I was there, I was like, "Yo, what? Is, what like, I, I, I didn't know that they even yeah. like played this in here." The thing is, they pay attention to little things. So, like, I know when Rudy comes out, they play like they used to play French music. So, like, when I said I like I love Dave East, or if I um, start playing Dave East a lot in my snap stories, or like they pay attention to that. So, like, they'll play it when I'm on the court warming up for a pre for like pregame. That's dope. So like they pay attention. Like they pay attention. And when you're bringing the ball up the court, they play like Nas, Biggie, the Beat Nuts. They they play like it's it's weird how they do. They pay attention to little things. Pay attention when Ricky brings the ball up, or like someone, or like AB, or someone like you know someone. And then pay attention to the music they listen to. They'll pick it because of that. I like that. All right. So since you got drafted, what has been the biggest thing that you've been able to do? Like buy. You got your mother a car. Got my mom a car. Like you went, you went to the store. Like, how does that work? So, I was thinking about like what I would get for her birthday, and you know, I couldn't give her the car in Utah and have it shipped. So I decided, like, we had a New York trip to to we played the Knicks and the Nets, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna do it now. Like, I made that decision probably a week before. Like, I knew I wanted to get her a car, I just didn't know when. So I made a decision a week before, went to the dealership, and I didn't know how long it takes to do all that. Like that. Process is long. Like it, oh, I, and had you ever bought a car before? No. Do you have a driver's license? Yes, I do. Because in New York City, I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have one until this year. Did you know how to drive? Yes. Okay, so you may or may not have driven before. You just didn't yeah, have a license. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so but you just got to because in Utah it, you have to drive. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't have a driver's license. You had never bought a car. So the first car that you actually bought was my mom. That's dope. And did she had no idea? No clue. Because we, we, she, she said she wanted it, and I immediately shot the idea down. I said, nope, it's too expensive. I'm never going to get it. Like, and that's just who I am, and I'll do that. And I'll be like, all right, that's exactly what I want. I knew exactly the color, white, with, uh, with the black tinted windows, everything. Like, I knew it. And then um, next thing I knew, I was at the dealership about an hour, and I surprised her at school. Uh, at the, I would say around like four or so towards the end of school in front of everybody. 
At her school, at her, I went to school there as well, Greenwich Country Day, but she teaches there now. Oh, okay. So your mother's a teacher. Yes. Okay, that's dope. And she she was totally surprised. No, no clue. All right, and your father works for the the Mets. Yes. And you play baseball. Yes, I did. What level of baseball? Like you, I played baseball. I too. played high school baseball. Okay. Um, I stopped when I broke my wrist. I was playing baseball. Yeah. Playing Sliding. Baseball. Uh, ran into my own teammate. Were you left fielder, right fielder? Shortstop. Shortstop. Ran into my catcher. How do you do that? So my team wasn't the greatest. Yeah, uh, no, no year. kidding. Um, the third baseman didn't see it. The pitcher didn't see it. And the catcher took two steps in the wrong direction. So I was the only one that saw it. So I took off. And I never looked down. Just kept my eye on the ball. And the catcher made up ground. And uh, we ran into each other. So your baseball team is the Mets? Your father, your father yeah. works for the Mets? Yeah. So you, you, do you love baseball? Yeah, I watch it all the time. And, and you uh, wear number 45? Because Michael Jordan wore it for baseball and basketball. Wearing the 4-5. Um, but he wore it as a baseball player. What do you think of Michael Jordan's baseball career? Did you see the 30 for 30? Uh, uh, yeah, I think you can't hold someone who's fantastic at one sport to expect them to do the same thing in another sport, especially when it's a lot harder to play baseball than it is basketball. And I'm going to be honest with is you. Is it really? It is. Why? To hit, like, you have, I don't want to know the exact numbers, but you only have like 0.3 seconds to figure out if the ball is going to change direction, if it's going to slow down out of nowhere, if it's going to be a fastball, if it's coming at your head, if it's going inside, outside, whether you should swing. On top of that, you got to know if the, the uh, third baseman is playing in, whether you should bunt, whether you should hit. Like there's so much you should think about in that matter of time. Right. And it's a, it's a big mental game. Could big you have played game. college baseball? Like were you I, at that well, level? Yes, yes. Like yes. did you get looked at I, for college? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. As I had, a shortstop? I had, I had, I had, How tall uh, are you? Six one. Six You're two. only six one. Six one. Six three with shoes, but without shoes, six one. So I could take you in the post, probably, maybe. People think that, but okay. You're only so you're six one with, without like at the, when they measure you at these combines, six mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> all right, so you get drafted by the Utah Jazz summer league. Who did you compete against? De'Aaron Fox, Lonzo Ball. There's all the these only, people. The only person I had to, uh, played against that was a big name was Jason Tatum. That was it. Now, you played him in college. Played him, yeah, twice. Three times. Yeah. He went to? Duke. Okay. <laughs> You're like, now, he plays with the Celtics. Yeah. He played for Duke. Duke bumped Louisville. From the ACC tournament. Is that Sting? Only because we were up 15. And we went yeah. to, they went to zone. And we used to torch zone the whole year. We just had a bad game. So, that but shooting game. Is that like a sub a sub rivalry? Like for you, no, are you like? No, no, I I, don't, I let that I let that one go. Um, South Carolina got him back, uh-huh. for, so I let I let that one go. Um, if we had lost to Kentucky, I, would, I think I would be feel a little different. But we won, and I will bring up to De'Aaron and Bam and Malik all the time. Have you uh, played against De'Aaron yet? Have you played against the, the no, Sacramento? I played against the Kings. I played against Bam, and I haven't played against Malik either. Okay. But, but yeah. those are your guys. Those, yeah, I'm cool with them. Like, right. Guys, I mean, yeah. you, did you like? Did you guys grow up like a camps? And so I went to the same camps as um, I played on Bam. So Bam, Malik, De'Aaron, and I, we went to a thing called um, Nike uh, Elite. Nike Elite, something like that. Something Nike, something. Yeah, Nike Global. Nike, Nike Global. Global. And I was on Bam's team. Okay. Um, and he was a junior in high school at that point. In time. And you were a senior. senior. And who yeah. else was at the camp? Who were the other this, juniors and seniors? Our class was Jalen Brown was there. Tatum was there. Um, Scalabissier was there. Um, Steven Zimmerman was there. 
um, anybody could think of De'Aaron Fox, um, Prince Ali, Jalen okay. Coleman, elite like the elites, elite of the elite in our class. And right. If you go back and look at my my class rankings from high school, like anybody from one to like forty was there. Right. And um, Bam and I, we we didn't do too well. Um, I had Malachi Richardson on my team, Alonzo uh-huh. Trier, so we we had a we had a bunch of great guys, and we played against. De'Aaron's team in the championship, and they beat us by like 20, 30. Uh-huh. And we played against Malik. We ended up winning that, that game. So we, so it was like the Midwest versus like the South versus the East, you know, like stuff like that. And um, that was the first time I really got to know Bam. Okay. I, I tried to recruit him to Louisville. Okay. And then he went to Kentucky, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I don't need you. We don't need you. And, and then so when you beat him. We beat him. I let him have it. I let him have it. And so now that, like, you know, this this crew of guys that you, you know, you know, 16, 17, 18, you're in the NBA. Are, are, do you guys, like, stay in touch? Like, yeah. yo, I'll, I played, I'll just go to LeBron because he's, like the, like, the, like, the sort of the one person that everybody sort of, like, are you guys, like, communicating? I played this one. I played that one. Like, are you guys stay in touch? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say as much as I played him. I played him. I would be, like, if I see, like, De'Aaron had a good game, like, I'll, I'll hit him up. Like, I keep the notifications to see how they're doing. That way I could be, like, a good game or keep it up or like just be supportive i think it's the biggest thing as well as being being funny so like i had a bad shoot night and then bam one night i'd be like damn you can't shoot like just making a joke like right. stuff like that just to keep it funny but um definitely keep in touch with with all those guys for, for sure what do you think now you you tweeted i don't know if you saw my uh my instagram uh my lonzo ball show up with at the, the garden with the with yeah. the nice sweatshirt now you're a new yorker uh you tweeted uh what is your take on the whole thing, the whole, just the whole phenomenon. Is it the yeah. talk of the? So of- what people don't understand is like Lonzo and I are friends, right? So like that's not like this wasn't like a hatred. I don't. Oh no, that's what you tweet. People took it that way, and I don't. I want to get that like out there now. I don't know why people took it that way, but well, because it's it's, it's we're we're in yeah, the new we're in the new true, world, man. This is, yeah, so this is like you, you don't know, need to fist fight anymore. Like yo, I'm gonna t- who's the t- who's the best Twitter? Exactly. So when he did that, I was like, man. Like that's that's really like disrespectful to Nas, you know. Like, it's not like they had any like beef or anything, you know. It was just like just out of nowhere. But you know, being from New York, I just that's like Nas is a legend, you know? right? That's like it's like if one of, like if I or like somebody else went and put um like for like the uh, Snoop NWA or Snoop Dogg and, like changed the album cover to their face, like you know, like no, you can't you can't do that, right? But um, and did that tweet. Like and sort of like people like were like yo what is this like is, yeah, that, what has been the blowback or it, sort of the, like the the reaction from that I'll give I'll give Big Baller Band credit on this like they got a huge following they, they got a, they got they got support they did got you support. did you I hear had, from a lot of people I had twelve year olds like eleven year olds you didn't, didn't matter you know I that loud love <laughs> didn't matter they were going at it and I was like do you, do you respond back or no 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 not when I was stuff like that like I respond to like. Um, like one guy said, like Ricky, yeah, like one guy said, like Ricky should be traded. I was like, come on, are you serious? Like, right. Like I was no, like stuff like that. Like it won't, I won't go in full. You are not Twitter gonna, you're not arguing. Mode. No, no, there's no need for that. So I don't know if you saw my. Um, did you see my post, Madison Square? Yeah, I did. I did. did you and and, and um, Lamelo Ball? Came, came now he's back. 16 years old. Yeah. I have I have a 17 year old son. Mm-hmm. I have a 17 year old son. So I couldn't say anything back because that'll look nuts. Yeah, but he. Hit, he said something about me. Uh, uh, you're ugly. Don't let me. And I was like, I, I had to really think it through, like because because I'm a professional. I'm a professional trash talker. Yeah. 
But then I was like, my son's older than him. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I, I that's, believe that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like people don't understand. Like they go, why do athletes like go crazy back at fans? You know, I get it. The, it's not the older fans you should worry about. It's the kids. They're nuts. The kids say so some rude. ruthless, some disrespectful ruthless stuff. And I've, I laugh at it because I'm like, man, like I was not, a, when I was that age, I said ruthless things too, but like. It's gotten worse. No, it's got it's yo. I get worse. It's crazy. It is wild what they say, but I mean, it's exactly. insane. And then as soon as like one person, as soon as the person who who has something to lose, like has that platform responds, then it's like a, a bigger deal. Yeah, you're 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 you're, a, you're a better man than me with it. That's up. <laughs> so, um, being in the NBA so far, when when you got out on the court, what was the first moment where you were like, yo, this is bugged out? I think when we played Westbrook, because um, I grew up a big Westbrook fan too, as well as LeBron, because he can, I kind of relate a little bit more to Westbrook with the way I play, and he's actually my size, you know. Um, but when we played him, I started that game, I think. I might have think I started that game, like just out of nowhere, because I, I at the last second, they just threw me in there. I wasn't nervous, I was calm, I worked on folks to keep my energy completely calm. And it was it in that, OKC or Utah? Uh, it was in it was in Utah. So it helped that I had played with P, PG and Mello over the summer. So it kind of kept me calm. But Russ was like, you know, I've seen, I watch his highlights to to the end of me. Like, have you ever have you ever seen him play live in person before yeah. this? I've never only I've never only been to Knicks games when they play like the Nets or like, like that'd be it. They're not great games. Yeah. So you never even seen Russell Westbrook in real life? Never in person. No. So you walk out on the court. You're starting. Mm-hmm. And like you're just like, do you, you you are you checking Russell? No, no, not at the beginning. I'm like, all right, so like this is this is it. Like, all right, here we go. Like, I but was, was that moment in yourself? Like, this is it. Here we go. It was the walk from the bench to the center of the court was the, what really got me because like I wasn't I was supposed to like I'm, I'm usually right, I sit down on the bench you know I, I wait and watch what what the flow of the game is like. That's how I come off the bench. That's what I was doing. I just get get used to it. They told me 30 seconds before the game started. Oh, you're starting. Like, just go. Um, I guess Ronnie had like it was bleeding or something, so he had to get change his uniform or whatever. And I go in there and um, out of nowhere, like it's go, go time. And you play ball. Yeah. How does it feel so far to like be like this sleeper rookie, and and hear other players, you know, giving you know respect and like you know how 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 has it been so far? Like like are those you like are the moments where I'm like whoa. Like those are the those are the moments where I, like if I hear it I see it you know I try my best not to hear it and see it but the NBA is a lot different than college like the media is a lot different so if someone like Chris Paul or Paul George or when KG says something even Trace McGrady like when they say it like it's gonna be known like your phone will go off there's know? no way to avoid there's it no way to avoid even if you don't hear it your exactly. friend will hear it, your exactly. mom's cousin's so no, cousin there's no way so my biggest thing I've worked on is looking at it and being like oh all right like it's it's like like when I say oh, like I mean like right. Know, I mean it's they still- can say all this stuff now, and I could be done next year. Like I could be like God forbid, not not hurt or say, but no, like, I got I could, you. I could have the worst shooting slump in history and not make a shot ever again. I got time. you. You know, so I try my best to keep it, keep like keep calm and kind of be like, all right, this is this is great. It's early success, fantastic. But one, we're not even reached February yet, which is halfway point essentially. Right. Um, but you know, when you have guys like those rookie guys, sophomore game, true, yeah, I'm, that, it's coming cool, up. But I, I'm trying, like that's the thing. Like when you, I don't even talk about it, like, rookie you know, sophomore game, you're you're playing in it. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. Like I don't know how it works. You're playing. I've been to some rookie sophomore games. 
in the last, since they even made that stupid game, first of all, you're going to be like a highlight film in that. Second of all, there's guys that played in the rookie sophomore game that ain't even playing in, in the outbacks of Australia anymore. You're, you're playing in the rookie sophomore game. That's, a, that's for I sure. Just, just got to keep it going. That's we're, 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 we're going to the rookie sophomore game. Are you, are you a dunk contest dude? I'll do it. But if you've seen Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones, and all those guys, I'm not going to win it, but I'll do it. Okay. I would love to do it. That would be amazing. You would I've love done, to do the dunk contest. I keep telling people this joke. I have grew up with Derek Jones, like around him for a long time. I've totally done 13 dunk contests in my life. I lost 12 to Derek Jones. So, like, I'll definitely do it. I got some dunks that I think will be cool. But You got some dunks. Yeah, I got some dunks. So, so have you gotten an invite? Like, no, like, no. like, that, like I said, this whole... Do you have any idea how that, that even whole, works? No, that whole weekend is... Something I try to stay farthest away from even yes. thinking about. Yes, as you should. I totally understand. Yeah. That. I, I'm just curious. Like, will, will, will you will you hit me and like let me know like if if and when you get these emails? I just curious. Like, how does it happen? Like, does Adam Silver go, "Yo, you want to be in the dunk cuts? or is it like I, the the two guys that were in the meeting with you and Pat Riley, those flunkies? Like, who? <laughs> I wonder how that works. Yeah, I I, I would like to know too. But um, but yeah, you're that'd be, that'd be a great experience. That'd be but good. but you're saying that. If you go in the dunk contest, you're confident that you can do your thing. Yeah. I definitely think I surprised people. But, like, after what I saw, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Yeah, they're it, freaks. It's a little, a little different. Is, is Zach still hurt? Um, he's, he's doing windmills now, so. But is he, is he playing? He's not playing yet. That's fine. But I just want to Glenn give... Robinson, too. Who? It's Glenn Robinson. Right. Yeah, yeah. Can't I, forget that. I want to I give you one piece of advice. This is my piece of advice in the dunk contest. If you get in the dunk contest, because you're six one, mm-hmm. okay, you're a high jumper. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like, and also we already said it. You know, Gordon is he's the favorite. This this guy's beating you twelve times. This one, that one. The one thing that I suggest, don't be too cool to, to not work up a little lather beforehand. Because I notice that guys when they're not when they're in the dunk contest get warmed up. But it's a, a dunk it, contest. A lot of it is nerves. Like we got to get warmed up because you think about it. Like some guys like. We need to get warmed it's com- up. It's complicated. Like, you can't just do the same dunk and get warm. You got to do something crazy to get warm. No, I'm not talking about when you start dunking. I'm talking about before you start dunking. Like, I mean. when like you're first dunk, yeah. we need to get warm. Maybe we do some suicides. Like, oh, you mean like, it, okay. You yeah, need yeah, to get warm. Yeah, yeah. So, when you Very get to your first dunk, like, you're going to see whoever's the judges are Dominique, Vince Carter, whoever the hell it is, that first dunk, like, you can't miss it. You have to have a little sheen because these dudes, they're, they get out there, they're too cool for school. They're not ready to dunk. Yeah. So if you go in the dunk contest, that's my suggestion. Okay. And I may or may not be at the dunk contest, but I want those echoing in your ears. You ever see Rocky? Mm-hmm. Like Mickey? <laughs> I'm Mickey. You gotcha. got to get warm. Like you can't be too cool. It's like if you're going to go out there and do it, we got to go. We got to go out there and we got to do it. I got you. We got to be warmed up. First dunk, like, oh, shit. Harlem is in the house. <laughs> like that's what I want Kenny Smith to be like, yo, Donovan Mitchell. Like New York is in the building. Got you. Okay. You're an Adidas. Uh, you wear Adidas. Yep. You like fashion. Yep. How many pairs of uh, of sneakers have? Like, do you have every single pair of Yeezys? Not every single pair. I'm getting close. Um, my shoe game. I was always the one who loved looking at shoes. I'm not. I couldn't. I'm not the one that be like, oh, these are the Aqua Eights or like. No, I'm not, that's not me. I never was that guy because I wasn't. I couldn't really afford them, so I was just like, whatever. But now that I'm like an Adidas athlete and I can I can actually get all these shoes now, I think I have 
on the web. Like, if you look at the Adidas website and, like, all the crazy shoes people have, I think I have probably, like, two pairs of every single one. But are you getting, like, like, like this color and that color and every easy single, this? Every single color of every of everything. Because right? you have to have options when you travel. Yeah. Like, my, my travel, when I wear a size 15, uh, walk-around shoes, 16 when I play. 16 and, when you play? Yeah. Because we got tape. We got yeah, two pairs of socks. Exactly. How many pairs of socks do we wear? I use one. Just one? Just one. But I like to have a little extra room in my shoes. Okay. So just to, so for explosiveness, what are, we, what are we doing here? I don't know. It's just how I've always been. I used to wear 17s and I wore two pairs of socks, but let's take it, it got, easy. Got a little it's heavy. getting nuts. Got a little heavy. That's too much. Got a little heavy. Yeah, that's too much. Because maybe you were maybe were you wearing 17s when Patino told you to lose the weight? I wore 16s my sophomore year. Okay, maybe that's the problem. Year. Maybe we, you could have just went down to a 15. <laughs> you could have been eating cheeseburgers and pizza the whole time. All right, rappers. Totally different generation. Obviously, we talked about the, the, the Lonzo, Nas thing. Who are your favorite guys? You said Dave East. Harlem's in the house. Dave East. East uh, um, Dave Fab, East. Fab uh, East Harlem's in the house. Fab is my favorite rapper of all time. What do you think of the, the Fab Jada Kiss album? Uh, love it. Uh, actually, Kiss actually uh, gave him a shout out. He hit me up. That was pretty cool afterwards. Um, That's sick. Yeah, I know DJ Clue. Okay. So I know DJ Clue. Um, but yeah, Fab and Kiss. Uh, Future. Future's, He's dope. Future's always up there. Um, Drake, obviously. Okay. Wasn't a fan of Kendrick until this last album. Why? I, I, that's I'm, a, not, I'm not one for like, like his music makes you think a lot. Like, and I'm more of a beats kind of guy. Like if you haven't got I like this goddamn kid, man. I, that's the same thing I say. I, I'm not more one. And I know Fab, but people say Fab doesn't make crazy beats. Like I know that, like, but you can only have but so many lyricists. You got to have something that like makes you like want to like, you need a banger. Dunk on somebody. Like, you need something like that. And then he came out with the last one, and I was just like, and not only did he have beats, like, Humble's my favorite song. And one thing I'll tell you about Utah, that the DJ you're talking about, they play Humble. Like, I have that. That's my thing. Like, just be humble. That's my thing. And they play that every every time we warm up. So, like, that's my that's my song. And, like, that last album really, really, I really liked that one. Yeah, it was good. Have you played in the Garden yet? Yeah, we played on the 15th. I remember that day. What was that like? I was nervous the entire game. I usually... The whole game? The whole game. And the first play was ran for me, and I had a dunk, and I made it. And usually that's like, all right, we're good. No, the whole game. How do you... Like, why is that? I, had, I don't think I've had that many family members there, friends. I've never played in the garden. I've been to the You garden. never played in the garden? Even high school? Never played. Never played. So I've never been that low. Like, I've never been court level before, ever. Like, I've been to a Rangers game, and I've been low, but, like, wasn't the court. Um, I got you. When that when that happened, I was like, uh, like this is this is crazy. I gotta tell you, I'm so uh, uh, appreciative you came and joined me on the show because I'm so looking forward to the rest of your career and, and to talk to you, you. And I wish you health. Thank you. And and a continued successful career. And I just think it's I think it's so cool to have a chance to talk to you when you you know you're just such in the inception of what I hope is a long, healthy. Uh, prosperous and you get everything out of basketball uh, that you can, man. I appreciate it. All right, Thank Donovan so Mitchell. Thank you so much. Yo, I appreciate too. And and but just we, if we get to the dunk contest, what are we doing? Warming up, suicide, something, something, treadmill, whatever, something, whatever it's got to be. Because I, I swear, if I'm at the freaking dunk contest and it's in LA this year, yeah. and we're not thinking ahead, we're not thinking no. ahead. But if you wind up at the dunk contest, I, I and I see you out there. Okay, you got parents, a family, friends. If I see you out there and you're not warmed up, don't be surprised if I run on the court. And like I might be like, yo, my man, you're not ready to dunk. Got you. Okay. I got you. Yeah.
Appreciate it. This is so dope. All right. What can I say? Donovan Mitchell, thank you for joining me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. My man, Ty, thank you for setting it up. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We'll be back with more Smash Mouth podcasting, more guests, more G Moody, more ranting, more raving. 2018 is ours. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Miles, take me out of here with something real funky, real nice, and real proper.